Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Joel. Hi, Anne. How's it going? A lot going on right now. Don't you feel like this has been the most chaotic few days? Absolutely. I mean, we only recorded our Monday episode two days ago, and so much I feel like has happened since then. Even on Monday, we had to keep re-recording a soft open because stuff was unfolding faster than we could record. And (laughs) I kind of feel like that again. You want to just get right into it? Yeah, I think we have to. Okay. So we're obviously treating this Kardashian bonus show as kind of a midweek update instead of doing an old episode recap. And I guess I want to start by saying on Monday's episode, I think the last thing we talked about, like meaning the most recent thing we spoke about was the photo Kanye posted of the flowers he had delivered to Kim's for Valentine's Day. And obviously we had the conversation on Monday about how it's kind of a strange spot to be in because of course you want to report on this. It's news and it's happening. At the same time though, you want to be sensitive to Kanye's mental health. He's clearly not in a good space. And To be clear, that same sentiment stands. Like I obviously have a lot of compassion for what he's going through, but let me tell you something. I feel a responsibility to call this out for what it is, which is straight up abusive. What Kim is enduring right now, specifically on a public stage, is not even in the slightest bit okay. And the fact that it's being treated as solely a form of entertainment is wildly concerning. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's incredibly concerning. Even just the progression in the last couple of days from the post we were discussing on Monday to now have only pointed even more in that direction. I think there was really a shift in terms of the way people were interpreting his post and reading his posts. Once he started posting their private conversations, the conversations he was having with Kim, where Kim is just asking him to like, at the very least, keep Pete's safety in mind and her own safety in mind. And so I mean, the thing that I can't stop thinking about in all of this is like, if this is what's being presented to the public, like if this is what we're privy to be able to see, I can't even imagine what went on behind closed doors for all those years in their marriage. Oh, I know. And Kim kept it very private. And it's so clear now that this is unfolding in such a public way, why she would want to do that. Because Kanye listen, at heart, he is a performer. And I know it's kind of a sick thing to say, but I genuinely believe that he views all of these antics in a way as a performance. And he he really, you know, gets off on the public opinion of it all. And so for Kim, I think she just so clearly saw how 
keeping it private was really helping from adding fuel to the fire. And now, I mean, all bets are off. It's it's so unsettling what's happening. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point in terms of not wanting to add fuel because of the attention. It's such a hard spot to be in, in terms of trying to interpret what is the motivation behind these posts for Kanye. And obviously we know what the motivation is. Like there's control there, there's abuse there, there's a myriad of things that are leading him to this behavior, but there's also mental health and lack of medication. I mean, we can call it abuse. That's no question. Like what Kim is being forced to endure is 100,000% mental abuse. And I actually saw Sammy Fishbein from Betches had posted a thread on her story that was talking about other women and how if Kim has to endure this at the hands of her ex-husband, I can't even imagine what it's like for women without the kind of access that Kim has to have to navigate going through this. Oh, of course. I mean, that that's what makes it so scary. You know, like clearly what we're talking about here is Kim and Kanye. And even for her, it's terrifying. But this is just one example of what so many women have to go through every single day and people with a lot less resources than Kim. And to be very clear, resources don't equal less pain. That's not what I'm saying, but it is an added level of security that a lot of women really don't have. And, you know, I want to go back to the point that you were making earlier about how as the tone of his posts kind of changed or maybe intensified, that you felt that there was a little bit of shift in in the public understanding of the severity of this. And I, I do agree with that for the most part, but Something that has really bothered me is that a lot of the takes that I've seen do call out what this is. At the same time, though, they feel pressure to qualify their stance with a caveat, something to the effect of like, I'm not really a fan of the Kardashians or I typically don't like what Kim stands for, but. And I guess my question is, why do you think that that's at all relevant to the point you're making? If the point you're trying to convey is that abuse is wrong and no woman should ever have to feel this way, do you think that you're strengthening your argument by making sure it's known you're not a Kardashian fan? It's so fucking bizarre. And quite frankly, your personal stance on Kim has nothing to do with the matter at hand. I find that to be one of the most confusing things in all of this. Like, I really am absolutely floored by that. And you and I were talking about it the other day. And I actually think that watching these posts unravel in such a public way is mentally exhausting. Like I'm not Kim, obviously I am not being hurt personally by this, but to have to watch a woman in the public eye, such as Kim have to endure this level of abuse and then have to look online at all of these quote different takes of people basically debating whether or not this behavior is okay. is like, I mean, it's draining to have to look at it and read and and absorb all the time. I mean, it's literally so cut and dry what's happening. And yet you go on Twitter and you look at the comment sections of different Instagrams and it's like, well, is he wrong? And it's it's like, how are we having that conversation even? I know. And that's why I feel kind of a responsibility since we are so fortunate to have a platform to at least call it out for exactly what it is and try to counteract some of the really scary messaging that's going on. But, you know, another thought that I was having is like, clearly this happening so publicly is really unfortunate. And Kim didn't have a choice whether or not this was going to be in the public domain. Kanye took that away from her. But when I see some of these takes that are either blaming Kim or downplaying Kanye's behavior, what I keep thinking about is 
What about the women that this is happening to privately and are still trying to feel empowered enough to speak up? Like if you are watching Kim Kardashian go through this, that's something that is happening so cut and dry and the answer is so clear and you are still watching so much of the world take Kanye's side, I can't imagine how defeating and scary that must feel if you are a woman who is still trying to find it inside of you to speak up. I mean, that was the other thing in that thread that I was saying earlier that was also saying is in terms of providing protection in cases of abuse, it's hard enough as is to get things done in cases of physical abuse. But when you're dealing with emotional and mental abuse, it's so much harder. I mean, in the eyes of the court and the law and divorce proceedings. And so, I mean, you're looking at one person here who happens to be one of the most public figures in the entire world And you're looking at her, and I wouldn't say that she's necessarily helpless because she has so many resources at her disposal. She has security. She has, I mean, access to the best lawyers in the world. She has anything she could possibly need, but she's still being subjected to this. And so 100%, the question is, what about the women that not only just don't have the resources, but are too afraid to even speak up in the first place? I mean, it's, it's terrifying. Completely. And and just to shift it for a second into the conversation about Pete, which I know is not the main focus about this at all, but clearly it's a trigger for Kanye. He really starts to spiral when he feels as though he's losing control, which is kind of also a separate conversation because as I've been rethinking their relationship and kind of just re-interacting with older content, I think that there was so much control that was happening there for a really long time that maybe didn't seem as much of a problem because there was so much good. But Separate conversation for another day. I just do want to acknowledge that. I've kind of had a rethinking of a lot of their relationship, at least from what we knew. But when Kim said to him in that text, you're creating a dangerous and scary environment and someone will hurt Pete and this will all be your fault. To me, that is a text message of a woman who is really fucking scared and desperately trying to reason with someone who refuses to reason with her. And you can see that, of course, she's scared for herself and she's exhausted from this, but she also has this guy that she really likes and is so badly wanting to just have a happy, fun time with him. And Kanye is making that physically impossible because he's inflicting the worst thing you can inflict on a person, which is a fear for their safety. Right. I mean, and also when you get into those posts that you were just talking about, that's when you really see his change in behavior so on display and his change in mood and everything shift. Completely. And just a point that I want to make really clear, even though if you listen to us consistently, I think, right, I guess I should say, I would hope that you know where we stand on this. Like, I very clearly understand that what we're talking about with Kanye is directly correlated to his unwillingness to get help for some of his mental health struggles. But the last thing that I would ever want to do in having this conversation is even remotely contribute to the stigmatization of bipolar disorder, because that is not the point we're trying to make it all here. It's not that there is anything wrong with the person who is diagnosed with bipolar disorder. What we're saying here is just the unwillingness to get help when those resources are available to you and when your behavior is actively damaging those closest to you. That's the problem. So I just want to make that point really clear because I think it's really, really important. Like, I think that you and I both are really passionate about destigmatizing mental health disorders in general. And so I just want to make sure there's no conflation there. I don't believe there is. I do feel it's an important caveat though. I think it's also a really important point to emphasize, which is 
not only just destigmatizing mental health and destigmatizing a bipolar diagnosis, I think it's also really important to emphasize the fact that a bipolar disorder diagnosis doesn't make you an unfit parent or partner. And I'm not necessarily saying that Kanye is an unfit parent at this point, but as a result of his lack of medication or lack of seeking help, he's made it so that the people on the receiving end of his abuse, which is his family, have reason to question their safety. Right. And exactly that is what boggles my mind. The fact that somehow it is not a more universally understood concept that every single human being deserves to feel safe. Like safety is such, it should be such a basic human right. Unfortunately, it is really not, especially for women in abusive relationships. It's just, I I can't stress enough how like not funny this is. And I know that it's newsworthy and it's something that can and should be talked about. I kind of, after Monday's episode, I was really reflecting on that. And I think that the conclusion I came to personally was like, it is newsworthy and it's okay to talk about as long as it's not being treated like a form of entertainment or like a form of humor or not being treated with severity. Like I think that if you're going to talk about it, you have a responsibility to talk about it with the level of seriousness that it calls for. That's kind of my stance, like personally. Right. And also as a result of this, there's a lot of really productive conversations that can happen and a lot of things that we can all be made better aware of, not just as it applies to Kim. And so I completely agree in what you're saying in terms of being able to report it and talk about it, because I think it's about doing so in a really responsible way. Yeah. I I, I just really, really feel for Kim. I feel for any woman, any person really that's feeling invalidated by some of the conversation that's surrounding this. And I feel for Kanye as well. I feel for the children. I feel for the whole family. I This is so something that is traumatic and going to really be needed a lot of time to heal from. And so I don't know. I don't know the right thing to say. I don't think there is a right thing to say. I just feel for Kim so fucking deeply and I wish I could just give her a hug. I know, me too. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. 
So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. And it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing and itchy nose due to allergies. On a far lighter note, I would like to talk about the fact that Pete Davidson is officially on Instagram. You think it's 100%. I know you spent all day asking me if it's actually him, and I'm kind of switching it on you, but do you think it's 100% him? (laughs) Well, if it's not, we just told last time I checked like 366,000 people that saw our story that it is. So (laughs) Good update. Good update. I just checked, and Tracy's following him. Oh, my God. And Kanye is following him. No. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Wow. I Wow. Wow. That is really something. Okay. Well, I guess that confirms that it is him. I don't know why for a second I thought it wasn't. It was just, I didn't necessarily feel like this was the most advantageous time for him to join Instagram. Although, as I said on Monday's episode, that I loved that they still went out and still had their Valentine's Day meal, even given what was going on like that that didn't stop Kim because that's exactly what Kanye wants. He wants to control her and stop her from doing exactly the thing that she wants to do and he doesn't want to do. So in that same vein, if Pete Davidson wants to join Instagram or it was a smart move for him career-wise, I'm glad that Kanye did not scare him into not. may sound stupid, but I do feel that way. I completely feel that way too. And I'm only shocked that he joined because I thought he would never come back onto Instagram. I no, I didn't think that. I mean, even when he took over Calvin Klein for the ad deal that he did with MGK, I know that was so different. But to me, the fact that he was even willing to lean into it slightly like that gave me hope. And also, I I don't want to say it's the Kim influence. Like clearly Kim does not need Pete on Instagram. But I think that maybe she is showing him a side of it that could be really, really beneficial for him. And even if that's just business-wise. No, totally. M, I have to tell you though, I cannot stop envisioning what it's going to be like when we get that first comment, either her on him or his on hers. No, don't fucking talk to me. You know that I turned on every single post notification for his posts, stories, videos, lives. Like, we, I don't think we had that on for anyone. And I was like, this is too precious of a potential situation. I cannot stop envisioning it. I can't stop envisioning the moment where I'm looking at my phone or you're looking at your phone and one of us goes, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like that is my drug. The other thing I was thinking about though, because obviously that's my drug as well, 
is, and I don't know what his contract is like with Calvin Klein. I have to imagine there is an exclusivity at least for a period of time. But like my real dream, like if we want to put our Instagram dreams up on a vision board for a second, I'm going to tell you all what mine is personally. It's that the literal day that Pete's contract expires with Calvin Klein, him and Kim release the hottest photo shoot for skims that you would have ever fucking seen. Like just to give you a reference point, think Justin and Haley for Calvin Klein or Courtney and Eunice for Calvin Klein, like that exact vibe, except for for skims. I'm not even talking about the boyfriend collection. That to me would be the single most viral piece of Instagram content I can think of as of late. I can't even tell you how many times I fantasized about that, specifically though with the boyfriend collection. Like every single post that goes up that's for the boyfriend collection, I'm like, come on, I know you want to do it. Like I know that there can't be anything more perfect than having a boyfriend collection for skims and using it to roll out Pete. And I know that I'm, or I'm sure the reasoning behind not wanting to do it is to keep it as authentic of a relationship as possible and make sure no one thinks that this is a PR move. And that would so point so many different people in that direction, but I would be absolutely lying if I said I didn't want it so badly. Wait, I kind of disagree. I actually don't think that that would stop Kim at all. Like, I think that that is so not a concern of hers. I genuinely think that when she says that she's kind of recently internalized the motto of like, fuck it, I think she knows that would sell out maybe more than any collection she has ever previously done. And I don't think she's even thinking if this is fueling people thinking it's PR. Because I think in her mind, she's like, fuck them if they think it. So then why do I not have a picture of them in the boyfriend collection? Because of the Calvin Klein thing, you think? I 100% think that he is still under some sort of an exclusivity clause with Calvin Klein. I think it would be really weird if he wasn't. Like, think about how much... No, I'm just saying, think about how much they're paying him, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But just just so we have the record straight. Not only am I not getting a photo shoot of Kim and Pete for Skims for the Boyfriend Collection, I'm also not getting enough content of Pete for Calvin Klein. Like, where do I win in this? Right. (laughs) Basically, what's happening right now is a lose-lose situation if we want to keep ourselves honest. Right. Like, that's let's lay it out. Let's call it what it is. Right. So basically, Pete doing a deal with Calvin Klein is the worst thing that has ever happened to any of us, even though a few months ago, we would all think that was fucking lovely, right? We're going to get a photo shoot of him in boxers. That sounds amazing. No, wrong. That is right where you went wrong. This is the demise of all of our pop culture dreams. (laughs) Does that sound dramatic? (laughs) You're in a very dramatic mood today, but I can't necessarily tell you you're wrong, which is the craziest part of it. You guys want to know why I'm in a dramatic mood? <laughs> Should we tell them? <laughs> I mean, you can. I can't relive the moment again. Okay. The apartment that Julie and I are currently staying at, there is a bug the size of which you have never fucking seen. And last week when Isabel was here, we saw this bug and then we lost it. It went under the console, went under the couch. We ripped this place to shreds and it was nowhere to be found. And so in order to sleep soundly, we kind of had to put it out of our minds. We said, you know what? It's gone. We're just going to assume that it, it left outside fine. So tonight we're sitting down calmly and all of a sudden the fucking bug appears. And I'm not exaggerating. This is not like a spider. This is, imagine like a cockroach on crack is what it looks like. Thank God my dad happened to be here. So we call him. He comes running over to our apartment. He tries to find it. 
it disappears. So I tell him, I think that the bug knows when we're sensing it. So why don't you sit down? Let's go about our conversation. And maybe when we're least expecting it, the bug's going to pop out. All of a sudden, we're sitting there talking with my dad out of the corner of my eye, the fucking cockroach or the cockroach look like. We see it. We spring into action. My dad takes his shoe off faster than you could see. He almost falls over the console. We're, it's, we're slamming. Julie's screaming. Julie's standing on top of the counter. It was the most riveting 30 seconds of my entire life. And finally, my dad fucking takes off his Nike and kills that motherfucker. And since then, I have literally been like... What is going on? My energy today or since that incident is so atypical for me. Like I am not even my happy-go-lucky self. I'm like laser focused on just making sure nothing of the sort ever enters the walls of this apartment ever again. As you were speaking, I was so close to interrupting you to be like, you have to explain this bug to them because it sounds ridiculous that like we were so afraid we couldn't function. But like I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. And by the way, throughout this entire story, as Emma's explaining what happens and like the we did this, we jumped on this, we hit the bug with this. Like I was standing on top of the island. Like I <laughs> could not even be on the ground. By the way, the floor is lava is a weak game in comparison to there's a cockroach on the floor. <laughs> and, and Julie, and Julie's like starts directing my dad and I, and we both turn to her and we're like, yeah, what are you going to fucking do from up there? <laughs> <laughs> No, I wish more than anything it was video. Like, just imagine we're in this tiny little space. I know it's not going to be funny if you don't have the visual. My dad running through the center console. We start cheering. Like, it was just, oh my God. It was really something. Anyway, I don't know how we got there, but if you're noticing a shift in our energy, it's because of the trauma that just went down with this fucking bug. It was a lot, but I do think that it gave us a really unique energy to do this like 10 minutes before we started recording the podcast. Because honestly, I have to tell you, I'm still traumatized from the event, but I <laughs> feel safety for the first time in a week. And I, speaking for myself, I feel empowered. I feel like I yeah. looked that motherfucker in the eye and was like, you're not going home tonight, motherfucker. I have to tell you, and I'm not just saying this, I really feel like you killing that bug was feminism. <laughs> and you going on the island was the feminism leaving my body when there's a fucking pregnant cockroach on the floor. I, I mean, I set us back about 20 years. <laughs> you, you, my friend, you were brave. You were so ready to kill a bug. You really only called your dad in because it was so clearly a two-man job and I was just out for the count. You know, Julie, thank you. This is the exact type of moral support that I, I love you for. So thank you for that. Okay. we have, Let's just take an ad break and then come back. <laughs> So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like 
I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. The other thing we have to talk about is Pete sending Chloe flowers for Valentine's Day, which in case anybody didn't see this, she posted a photo on her story of these beautiful pink roses and wrote, the sweetest, thank you, Pete, with three hearts. Before we even talk about it, do you think that Chris got them too, or it was a specifically Chloe thing? I don't know. I think it was specifically a Chloe thing in terms of the other sisters. Like Pete's not sending Kendall or Kylie or Courtney flowers. I think that would just be bizarre. I could see it being a Chris and Chloe thing, but I think it's definitely a Chloe thing. And I think it's because he knows kind of maybe that this holiday could be hard for her. And on top of that, I think they've gotten really close. It seems like they've been hanging out a lot. What an absolute sweetheart thing to do. Like, honestly, I'm not even just saying that. What a mensch that Pete Davidson is. I completely agree. I think it's such a thoughtful thing to do. And this is really one of those instances where the whole like thinking, you know, the family personally comes into play because in my perception of Chloe, I'm like, this is exactly the type of thing that would make her feel so good. Like to me, such a thoughtful act is the type of thing that specifically with Chloe would really, really resonate. I know you can make the argument that it would with anyone, but I think that one of Chloe's like greatest love languages is just feeling really seen. And I have to imagine this would make her feel really seen. Oh, I think so too. I, I really feel that way about Chris too. Like that's how I feel if Chris were to receive them as well. And I have to imagine that he would. I think that whole concept of sending flowers out, obviously on any holiday, like you and I always talk about how much we love doing that, but specifically on Valentine's Day, and it was something I noticed this year with a lot of celebrities where I had the thought to myself of like, what a great thing it must be to be able to like just send flowers to everybody in your in your arsenal, like to just have all of your friends receive flowers from you on Valentine's Day. Like what a really special, thoughtful, great thing to be able to do. Nobody is ever upset unless they're allergic to get flowers. Like I, it's honestly one of like a mantra that I swear to God, I live by. Like it can be the smallest little inconvenience in someone's day or the smallest little cause for celebration or even no reason at all. I just think it brightens every single person's day to feel thought of. And flowers to me is such like a classy way to do that. I don't know. I fucking just love Pete and Kim together. Like I can't believe the way that I feel about them. But I, I think what's happening for me on top of like the aesthetics of all of it and just how seemingly random it was is that 
I feel like he is so the perfect person to be her partner when all of the Kanye stuff is happening at the moment because he's somebody that very intimately understands mental health struggles and has taken the initiative to really get the help that he needs and has been so transparent and vulnerable about it, which I have to imagine is kind of comforting for her. But on top of that, he's just such a seemingly easygoing guy. And like, that is so the energy she needs, like just to laugh. And I really feel like that's what they're doing. I know you and I had that conversation the other day where I said to you, like, I'm trying to picture what they talk about. Like, is it always funny? Is it serious? Is he really good and gentle with her? And like you were saying, and we were, and I agreed with you completely, like kind of all of the above in your mind, like that's how you envision it. And that's why it's working so well. And I, I kind of had the same thought as you did is like, I think because it's so highlighted by everything that's going on with Kanye, like for a relationship that I thought was just going to be a fun fling and a fun hookup, it's clearly deeper than that. And there's clearly more to it than that. And so this idea that I had in my mind of this being like just such a short lived little fling of just fun for both of them, like is so clearly not the case anymore. And that must be a so bonding for them, but also like probably very unexpected. Like I think when they first started dating or hooking up or whatever you want to say, like, I don't think they ever expected that this is a place that they would be in. Oh my God, not at all. And honestly, what you're talking about is like so much bigger than even just them. I think it is such a real phenomenon that happens in relationships when you get into something and then a separate life event happens in your life and you're still going through all of those same emotions. You're processing it in the way that you would be no matter what. You're naturally being vulnerable because this person is now just getting a front row seat to the way that you're handling this regardless. And I really do feel like it can fast track the emotional intensity and the bond of a relationship because like, holy shit, I would never normally be expressing these emotions, but this life event just so happened to happen and you're here. And also, yes, of course, there's the trauma element of it that's so bonding. But I think that for Kim and Pete, it's also like the comfort in it. Like, it's not just like I'm bonded to you because we're going through something traumatic. It's like I'm bonded to you because I find comfort in your presence. I mean, listen, again, we're like really analyzing a relationship that we don't know much about, but I have to imagine to be able to endure what they're currently enduring together, they must be stronger for it. And they must have something that they've really figured out in order to make it work, in order to find that balance with each other. No, Julie, completely. And honestly, I think the biggest testament to that or the thing that I derive the most credibility from in terms of that theory is that like Kim doesn't need to be spending her time with somebody that she doesn't want to be spending her time with while also enduring one of the most taxing experiences of her entire life. You know what I mean? Like she's a really solid support system around her. She has children. She has a very full life. She doesn't need a boyfriend in this moment to help her weather this storm. So to me, it's like the fact that Kim Kardashian in the midst of such a nasty divorce battle is choosing to spend her time with Pete Davidson to me speaks volumes about the comfort she must derive from him. Absolutely. I cannot stop refreshing his followers to see who's followed. Simon just followed, by the way. Like this is, when I see that Kim follow come through, I'm going to absolutely just lose it. Can I ask you a question? Are you looking from your personal or from comments? Because when I look from comments, I can't see no matter who I'm looking at. I can't see like followed by da 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 da. I can only see it from my personal. Um, I've done both. Like I can see some people that's comments followed by, but it's it gives me a different list on my personal. 
I know it gives you a different list, but I'm saying it doesn't even come up for me. Like I know for a fact that we follow Tracy, for example, and it doesn't say followed by Tracy when I look from comments, which is so fucking annoying. Does that happen to anyone else? No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like it's a different list in terms of like, I, there are people that I have to go back because it's saying followed on that, but it's not on, on comments. Like Uh, the exact same thing's happening to me. I don't, I have no idea why it does that. Yeah. Bizarre. Anyway, what else would you like to mention about this? Or should we move on to Lamar on Big Brother? Let's move on to Lamar. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. So for anybody unaware, Lamar Odom is on this season of Celebrity Big Brother. And on Monday's episode, he was having a conversation with some of his housemates, mainly Cynthia Bailey. And she said to him, when you talk about her, it sounds like she was the love of your life, speaking about Chloe. He responds, I've never thought about getting married again. I didn't treat that good woman right. And Cynthia kind of makes a comment, just suggesting that maybe he should reach out to her after he gets out. And he says, well, I'm going to try my damnest. And then in his confessional, he said, I would probably just want to take her to dinner. It would be a blessing just to be in her presence to just tell her I'm sorry and what a fool I was. She has the right to never see me again for the things I put her through. But times move on and people change. I would say I'm a lot more loyal now. And then also in a previous conversation that he was having with Todrick Hall, he said, I had some good dreams last night. I dreamt about my ex-wife last night. And Todrick says, who's your ex-wife? Lamar says, you don't know her. And then Todrick asked Lamar to clarify how many times he's been married. And he says, just the one and only. And then he talks about how they no longer talk, but 
He's like, I miss her so much. I wish I could take that time back. And to talking about how much he misses the family, how much he wishes he could apologize to the family. Like, not that any of this is surprising. We've seen him express this same sentiment on various social media platforms, but there's just something about him saying it directly to Cynthia Bailey. I have such mixed feelings on this, and I truly am so dead split on which way I think it is because I'm not sure. I can't decide if I find what he's doing in terms of incessantly speaking about her on Big Brother to be a thing where like he's kind of using her as a plot point. Like there's an obvious level of media attention that he's getting from being able to bring up her name. And like, I can't decide if it's one of those things of like, you put her through enough, just like, can you not talk about her? Or if it's something where like, I can genuinely see a man that's in so much pain that has one of the biggest regrets of his life. And now he gets to be on this public platform and watched on TV for the first times in years. And therefore like, wants to take advantage of the fact that he can finally like really speak his true story. And I really don't know which one it is. I think I'm leaning more towards it being the second option only not because I have so much faith in him necessarily, but because I have so much faith in what their relationship was and how much that marriage meant to both of them, especially in those beginning years that like, I really choose to believe that when he says he's filled with the amount of regret he is like, that's not just something he's saying for the sake of being on a TV show. I am so glad that you just said that because I too have been feeling a little bit conflicted on this. And I think what it comes down to is like, if you put on paper everything that Lamar put Chloe through, you would say, this man never deserves to be in this woman's presence again. And then it's Lamar. And for some reason, I think a lot of us maybe go a little bit easier on him. I don't mean to put words in people's mouths. I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't. But I think with you and I, sometimes we maybe go a little bit easier on him. And I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it's because we believe so deeply in the love story they did have and that the love was so real at one time. If it's because we think that he's a really good guy that just made some poor decisions, you know, or honestly, if it's because Tristan is so terrible that it's almost like the lesser of two evils in that regard. I don't, I don't know where it stems from, but I, I feel the same way, Julie. Like I lean towards number two, which I think is probably factually wrong. Like if my therapist was listening to this, I'm sure she would really disagree and she'd probably be right. I'm just being honest. (laughs) Right. And I think that's probably correct. And I think that that's probably the opinion of most people. I think I lean more towards option two in terms of like, this has so much more to do with his genuine feelings towards Chloe. And maybe he's just kind of going about it not the best way, but that sentiment is so true. And that pain is so real. Like, I think I choose to believe that that's the primary motivating factor behind him speaking on this because like for Chloe, who has been through so much and has so much distrust in her life, I would hate to have the view of like, okay, and I'm also going to take the one thing we all know to be a hundred percent real away from you too. Yeah, I I agree. And I think if I felt that it was hurtful to Chloe, maybe my thoughts would change. But it's not like he's saying anything that has any sort of an expectation attached to it. Like he very much understands and knows that she is completely entitled to never speak to him again, to never see him again. Like he's not gaslighting her. I don't I don't personally feel, but I'm sure people would disagree with that, and that's okay. I just yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't help it. Like I, I loved them together. I don't want them back together, obviously, but I, I agree with you. 
I think that that is one thing we do know to be true. And why kill that? Right. And also everyone who's viewing this situation and watching Big Brother is probably not where we're at and keeping up with the Kardashians, aka the peak of their marriage. So we are inherently going to have a different view when we look at this situation. Completely. Do you know how, I know you're not a Bravo watcher, but for me, and I'm I'm not even watching Celebrity Big Brother, but just that one clip, like the fact that Lamar is talking about this to Cynthia Bailey. Like those are my two worlds seriously colliding. Like one of my favorite Bravo housewives ever. And then Lamar talking about Chloe, that's heaven. You know what it is? It's the that's so sweet life of Hannah Montana. Yes. Yes. Fucking love that reference. By the way, and I know this is about to get so off topic, but expanding on the that's so sweet life of Hannah Montana point, I can't imagine a scenario in which every single TV show and network saw the success of putting multiple shows in the same universe together in terms of like Disney Channel stars and hasn't made that apply to every single other thing. Like, how have we not had an HBO Max crossover? I know. That's why I know it's so different because you're talking about scripted shows. But when Real Housewives did Ultimate Girl Strip, that's how Isabel and I felt. It was like, are you fucking kidding me? We get Teresa and Kenya together? Like, that's amazing. It's the best thing ever. That's the dream. Is there anything else you'd like to mention? Yeah, I have one last thing, and then I promise we can end the episode. The one thing that I wanted to say that I would be remiss to let this episode go go on without mentioning is Scott's post for Penelope on Valentine's Day, which was hands down the sweetest thing ever. Would you like to read it? No, I would love you to, though. My Valentine's Day is complete with my little angel sleeping, having magical dreams. Watching her grow into the little lady she is today has made me appreciate life more and more every day. I love you so much, P. I know I usually make you read things because I can't read them or like I can't read out loud. That one wasn't that case. I just really wanted to hear it in your voice. <laughs> I, I fucking Scott has really had a glow up and watching him enjoy fatherhood so much is really fun. Yes, it really, really is. Yeah. Okay, well, we love you guys, and we'll see you on Monday. I'm sure a lot more shit is going to happen this weekend. And as always, thank you for listening and for letting us do this. Oh, I wanted to say also, I literally think the entirety of having this podcast, we have maybe reminded people to subscribe four times. We have to remind people because I can't tell you how many times we post an episode and people will like message us saying that it's not coming up yet or it's not there, or it's not working. And 99% of the time, those are people that aren't subscribed. I guess it's like immediately downloads when you are or whatever. I swear this is not us helping our numbers. It genuinely just makes a better listening experience for you. And I promised our producer that I would tell people. So if you haven't subscribed and you enjoy the podcast, it's not the worst idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our version of self-promotion. It's, it's not the worst idea. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. If you want to listen to our podcast, I think you maybe would like it. It's not the worst idea, but no pressure though. But also like you totally don't have to and like we don't <laughs> It's so fine either way. Please don't worry. <laughs> I want you guys to know that every single time we post an episode and we get like a DM of just somebody responding to what we were saying, we turn to each other and we're like, "I can't believe people listen." Like it still doesn't feel real. We've been doing it for how many years? <laughs> a couple but it blows my mind every time every time okay well we love you guys so much thank you so much if you feel so inclined to leave a nice review that would also be nice i don't know now i'm really just going for it (laughs) and we'll see you on monday
So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.